0: If you've ever experienced chargebacks or returns, you're probably also familiar with the pain that comes along with it. Uh, I've had the same situation when I was operating with over 300 trainers in multiple locations. We'd have chargebacks and returns happen, and I knew that it was gonna happen every month because there are certain factors that I just couldn't control. I couldn't control certain things that the staff was doing, and I certainly couldn't control the decision that was being taken by the consumer. Now, you might think to yourself, Chargebacks don't happen in a, in a brick and mortar situation. They do. I'll explain why here in a second. And if you haven't heard of chargebacks or returns, this is a great episode to listen to because it might be happening to you and you're completely unaware of it. Now, if you are aware of it, there are certain things that you can do to prevent them from happening. First, you have to understand how the entire payment system happens. Okay, You as the merchant all the way through the processor by the time they actually send the money to your bank, And the person in between you and the processor. We'll talk about that person and how they get their cut and how you can reduce your total expense on the processing fees. Then we're gonna talk about a little bit of the uh, process or system that happens with chargebacks, why they happen, and kind of the, the reasons why, as a consumer, why do they have this protection? Now, if you're a consumer, which most likely you're a consumer at least at one point in your life, and consumers, we have all of these protections for us when we're using credit cards uh, or we're making payments with our, our banking system. We have the Fair uh, Credit Billing Act, Truth and Lending Act, Electro- Electronic Funds Transfer Act, state consumer protection laws, payment card network rules. So these are the reasons why somebody can go ahead and do a chargeback. If you've ever been in a position where you purchase something and you get a notification via your phone or through your email, And it's to go ahead and authorize that payment or to prevent that payment from happening. You get blocked. Okay, These are the things that are in place to protect you. Now, you can also, without that even happening, without a block happening, if you make a payment on something, you can call up your bank and say, that charge was not authorized. If you've ever been in that situation where you thought fraud was uh, happening on your account, you know that you can do that. And they'll just reverse the charge. That's what a charge back is. The same thing happens with a return. If you made a payment with your uh, account and routing number, ACH, and you didn't authorize it, you can call up your bank. They'll go ahead and do the return for you. They get the money back in your account and then they'll review it. Now, the review process is what happens on the merchant and the bank or the credit card company. They'll contact the merchant. Okay. If you're the business owner, the gym, they're going to be contacting you. And a lot of times, the way that they contact you is you know, it's, they're not calling you up same day. They send you a piece of paper that's automated. It goes snail mail, goes in your mailbox, and it might be too late to dispute. Some of them actually are nice enough to put it on a system somewhere where you can go retrieve it, uh, or maybe they send you an email. So when you look at this whole system, let me just explain how this this starts and how this this process works. So getting set up, as a merchant, you have your merchant that swipes the payment or takes the payment from the consumer at your business. Then you have the payment gateway. And uh, if you're working with Stripe or Square, or you're working with someone who's labeling their business, okay, there's, there's certain um, software systems out there that take on the, the the system or take on the process. And they just tell you, hey, anytime you process a payment, you just go through us. And that means that they're acting as that middleman. They're taking a fee. okay? They're taking their cut. Now, the payment gateway is where all of the credit card and all of the banking information is stored. It's stored there securely for the mere fact that they go through, you've probably heard of PCIM compliance. okay? That's one of the, the processes that they have to go through. But more importantly, they're a secure server. They encrypt the data. Credit card goes through your, your system, software system. It gets sent encrypted to this storage house. That storage house has that data encrypted. And then every single time you want to make a transaction on, let's say me, I have not only my encrypted information, but I also have my own tag. Okay. So the encrypted card is assigned to my tag. That tag is the same tag in that that system, as well as the software system that I'm using. And I just basically send a notification. I trigger a notification to this tag to send a payment or process a payment to my payment processor for you know, $50 a month. So that happens every single month. And then that's the, that's the safety in that system. Now your processor takes a fee and whenever you sign up with a, with a system, they probably run you through an application. If you go through Stri- Square or Stripe or PayPal, uh, which is also Braintree in some instances, or if you're going through um, your own bank, they will send you paperwork to fill out, and if it's square or stripe, it's like five, 10 minutes. If you go through something like your bank, it's a little bit lengthier of a process. They want to make sure that you, as a business, you're legit and you're not running some kind of scam, and they, uh, they, they take like a week to sometimes get this done, but the rate with your bank typically is going to be lower than square or stripe. Square and stripe, they act like the entire house right? So they are the gateway and they are the processor. So they take a bigger fee. That's why you see 2.9 plus 30 cents per transaction. I've heard it's going up on both of those uh, groups. Um, And then there's all the fine print that sometimes we don't read. And then we get slapped with these other fees. Now on the payment processor side, if you go through a group like BizOps, we allow you the opportunity to go ahead and eliminate the software group from acting as the Mediator in between. Okay. We don't slap a label on it. Now, BizOps allows you to process the payment through the software system. It encrypts it, sends it to a a payment house, okay, an encryption house called Authorized.net. They're owned by Visa. They encrypt the data. Okay. And because you're allowed to go directly to the middle person, what you can do is you can reduce your fees nearly to 1%. For some people, they don't even realize it, but they're working with software companies that are, since they're acting like the middle person, they're working with those software companies and they're charging them after they look at their blended rate. I just talked to a person the other day and they're getting charged almost 10% of the total. So for every thousand dollars, this software company is taking a hundred dollars. So pay attention to that on that side. It didn't even mean to go down that road. I just wanted to talk about it for a second because I want you to understand the process. Where the money starts and where it ends, and why that money is being taken out. Now, if you've ever called your payment gateway or your processor and had a conversation with them about why a chargeback happens and how you can prevent it, one of the things that you have to do is you have to make sure that your agreement for your customer is ironclad. It has to be very clear that not only are they agreeing to have those payments taken out on a a specific period. Okay, but they are also agreeing to use that specific card and it is their signature. So it has to be very, very clear that that's what it is. Some of the payment processors have specific language that you have to use in your agreement in order to make sure that you can dispute a chargeback or return if it ever does happen. Okay, so number one, get your agreement in place. Make sure the agreement is ironclad and it has all of the information that is required. In BizOps, we already have that information in there, but make sure it has all the information that is required that is binding for the consumer who's made and agreed to that purchase. So that if they do a chargeback, you could submit that information along with the fact that the the, the chargeback uh, came through. So that way, you can get your money back. Now. In the process of chargebacks, one of the things that BizOps has done, because this was a pain point for me when I was running my businesses, is that I'd get these chargebacks and we would have months where we would have twenty-five dollars or $30,000 in chargebacks and returns. And uh, a component of that was just because of the breadth of number of consumers that we were supporting. But another component of that was the fact that we had staff and we had consumers or customers that were coming through our doors. Customers sometimes weren't always completely honest about what their intentions were. They knew that they were going to do chargebacks, and our staff sometimes didn't get the uh, agreements signed by the customer. It's just a scribble mark, uh, or sometimes the the customer it was somebody else's credit card. Right? It was the 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 father or the mother of the kid that came in, or was the boyfriend or the girlfriend of the the couple that came in, and so that creates a little bit of a problem. So you have to have the agreement structured in a way that supports you. So when you do have a chargeback dispute, you can charge back or you can get, go through that process of disputing, uh, submit the agreement that is on file for the customer, uh, which should be easy to get in BizOps, it's really easy to get. You just get it and you can send it over to to the uh, payment system. And then also in chart in BizOps, one of the things that I had created, I was talking about this a second ago, it was the ability to go ahead and if you had a chargeback or return a way to input that information into your software so it didn't affect all of your, your finances, right? Because all of your money is coming through and you want to be able to look at your revenue and understand what's going on and you want to be able to disseminate between chargebacks, returns, refunds, you know, waived payments. And you also want to make sure that the person who who performed a chargeback, they don't have access to their sessions. They don't have access to... Uh, the facility, if you're a 24 hour access facility, they can't even use their their key fob. So those are things that we've implemented, you know, as part of building out our software because it really was a pain point for me. And I just wanted to make sure that trainers and coaches were not training on sessions that really didn't exist because the customer paid for something, credited their account, let's say 10 sessions, and then the customer comes in uses those 10 sessions. Not only did I pay the trainer. Uh, and the customer got all their sessions, but now the customer got it all for free. Plus I paid the trainer. So it doesn't work out very well for a business in that scenario. On the membership side, you know, if a customer comes in and you miss them, they paid $50 a month and they're using their your facility for free. You know, not the best scenario, but the reality is, is you're not actually paying out on a service. It's just that they're there and they're beating your equipment up a little bit. But The process of chargebacks and returns, that's how it works. Now, a return, same system, same setup, except it's an ACH. And here's the benefit on returns banks actually take the time, they take a little bit longer to go through the process to review it. And the likelihood of you winning on a return is greater than the likelihood of you winning on a chargeback, okay? Especially, even if you don't have a a really solid agreement. But the returns are more likely to not happen than the chargebacks because they're tied to the, to the actual consumer's bank account. And it's kind of sometimes hard to get that information from a customer, right? What's your account and your, what your routing number? Let me go ahead and write that down. So that's one best practice. Get their account and routing number. And more importantly, if you're getting their account and routing number, it also reduces your processing fees because you don't pay as much. It's not a credit card. So you don't have all of these people in the middle You don't have that middle person taking a payment uh, from that process. You have the processor, or I should say the bank that's taking a payment from it, but you don't have that gateway that's taking a fee from it. So uh, needless to say, that's the process of chargebacks and returns Uh, in order to prevent or counteract having to pay out so much on chargebacks or returns or having that lost revenue in your business. Make sure you have an ironclad agreement. BizOps provides that for you. Uh, so that way you can uh, provide that to your your payment processor. If you have an opportunity to go through a middle person, your p- actual payment gateway, BizOps provides that for you as well. So you don't have to go out and spend Okay, on, you don't even know how much percentage they're taking if you're going to another group because they're kind of hiding a lot of those fees. Uh, like I said, I just spoke with someone the other day and they're, they're getting billed 10% once they, they look at, they do the math on it. And then the other thing is having the ability to really see what's going on with your chargebacks and returns. You can actually see it in your system, know that a customer did a chargeback and return. You can note it, you can have a notification sent to them. You can go ahead and prevent them from coming into your facility. You can prevent them from using services like classes and one-on-one training. So those are all things that you wanna be mindful of. That's how chargebacks and returns happen. And you have a little window to go ahead and dispute them if you have any questions about this, go ahead and visit bizops.com. There's a section in there about chargebacks and returns. Uh, you can always go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast or share it with others. Because if you do, not only are you getting the benefit when I have another episode similar to chargebacks and returns, it might benefit you in some way. And you get a notification in your in your Spotify or your Apple account. And then uh, feel free, reach out, hit me up at support at bizops.com. I'd be happy to to get that email. Either myself or one of our team members will get back to you. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the flip side. Hey, real quick, if you missed something, check the show notes below for a quick recap on those points. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please share the word with other fellow gym owners too. And take a moment to visit Apple Podcasts and just leave us a quick review. I'd really appreciate that. Your review can help us reach out to more listeners just like you. And if you're a visual person, You can also find our full episodes in our YouTube channel at Sweat Success Podcast. As I always say, sweat is a price we pay for success. Thank you for listening. And remember, go out there, embrace hard work, educate yourself, push yourself beyond your limits. I know you got it. Have faith and watch success follow suit. Thanks.